Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Hallelujah. It's good to be back. Uh, I was at Guwahati last weekend. Can you believe that I'm still going here and there? But only after poking my nose in the hospital and shoveling my throat a little bit before you travel, you have to have the um, no COVID, blah, blah, you know, all that. So we did it. Hallelujah. And uh, it was nice. We had a wonderful time. God moved. Very accurate words came from His mercy. And it was nice to see all that. Hallelujah. Thank you all for coming. In spite of all kinds of things, they say March will be another level of lockdown um, from all over the world. I don't know if it's true, but whatever. Praise God. So if you can come, wonderful. Amen. If you are only online, we pray for you too. Praise God. But the beauty of it all is that it's available. Amen. And so I'm so happy that uh, you are a blessing. You are still on the earth. People have gone to heaven. One of those very famous singers that I used to listen to some years ago by the name of Carmen. Anybody heard of Carmen? Amen. He sang Addicted to Jesus. Remember? Are you A to J? Remember that one? Yeah, A to J. He was a great guy and he went to be with the Lord um, sometime in February. Praise God. God is good. Can you imagine people are leaving the planet and you are still available, you are still alive. That means he has great plans for you. That means he's going to use your mouth, he's going to use your life. You're going to be a testimony. You're going to be living proof that the Holy One of Israel is alive and well on planet earth. Hallelujah. Oh, that gives me another look at myself in God's eyes. Amen. When I think about it, we who seem to be nothing are the ones that he is preserving for the last day's move of God. Wonderful Jesus. Amen. So it's a privilege, it's an honor to be able to serve this king right now. Hallelujah. To just do anything in his name is such an awesome privilege. Hallelujah. And so take it like that and receive the grace, receive the mercy to serve the king in this day and hour. Hallelujah. Thank you all for coming today. Thank you for being online. Um, you know, I'm so glad Brother John is here to help us with the Canada translation. And I noticed some guests here uh, back from the Northeast, from Dimapur. Uh, he's a scientist in the making here. <laughs> Young scientist. He's in the praise and worship back in the church. In spirit of faith, he plays the keyboard and all of that. And that's his mother. Is that your sister? Your niece, yeah, nice. It's a pleasure. Welcome uh, to Grace Chapel. Hallelujah. Amen. This is our um, drop-off zone in Bangalore. All development is going to be from here now. Amen. I realize that wherever we go, it becomes developed. It becomes so peaked out, so congested. It becomes a real groovy place, and then we move. That's what has been happening. Amen. So I'm getting ready to see the same thing happen here. Amen. This place is going to bloom and you're going to have all activity going on here. This will be the place to be. Amen. So if you can think ahead and if you feel an unction, move this side of town. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you'll be blessed. Amen. I'm planning to stick around this place uh, even more. Amen. I'll be walking up and down here almost every day, 
praying here among these chairs. Praise God. It's going to be interesting. Hallelujah. God is faithful. Did you notice something special about the praise and worship today? We had a great time. How many of you had a great time? Amen. God is about to pour out some stuff, I tell you. Hallelujah. Amen. You'll be on your faces just romancing the Lord. Hallelujah. You'll be crying out love stories to Him, love letters to Him. You're going to enjoy Him in greater measures this March. Amen? Why do you think there's, in quote, lockdown? So you can lock down with Him. Amen? So that you are locked in with Him. Amen? But whatever it is, any chance you have to gather physically, take it. Amen? You know, uh, thank God for Zomato and Swiggy. I just wanted to try it out in Guwahati, whether my, whether my Swiggy will work there. Guess what? Within less than 20 minutes, I had my vegetarian thali in the room. Hallelujah. It came like that. Praise God. And it was just 180 rupees or something. So, thank God for, you know, home delivery and online. But there's nothing like sitting down in the place where the banquet is being served where there are faces, where you can see the atmosphere and the music and all of the hot, 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 hot food. Amen? <laughs> Brother Anandraj is famous for hot, hot biryani. Amen? That's what you get in the place itself, you know, in the chow tree. Praise God. This is the heavenly chow tree. Did you feel that? That was something that fell from there. Amen? Anyway, so I'm so glad you made it to church today. Um, thank you so much for coming. You will agree with me that this is the other end of Bangalore. <laughs> you have to take special time and effort to come out here. Amen? So, thank you for coming, all of you. You're so welcome. Amen? I would like to let you know that one very important thing about anything, church or family or anything, is that there is no success without a successor. There is no success without a successor. Amen? And uh, you cannot always choose, for instance, in, uh, if you are running a big company, you cannot always choose the person you want to you know, put next to you or the one who will be in charge of the company next. Like Ratan Tata and all of them. You notice that they have not put the next Tata guy there. There's somebody else who's running it. Because they believe that not everybody is called to that office or gifted to sit in that office. Amen? So in similar thinking, sometimes in ministry, you cannot put your own family there just because they are your family. That's called nepotism in English. N-E-P-O-T-I-S-M. Nepotism. Okay? And so when you put your own children there or your own family there, everybody says it's because of your surname. It's because you're from the family. Not because you are gifted, not because you're anointed, not because you are chosen, but because you have that name. Amen? So it's a very delicate thing. We have to be open to God. We have to be yielded to God. Amen? And so in any church, there is a serious need for looking at successors, people who you can pass the torch on to. 
Amen. And so I'm glad, you know, in our church we don't have any lack of that. Amen. We have Brother Anup that I can successfully just say, hey, he'll handle it. And another young man who's coming up nicely is Brother Joji. Amen. And so today, uh, it's not that I'm leaving or bailing out or moving out or nothing like that. You see, I'm thinking the way God would like us to think. Praise God. So without a successor, there is no success. Hallelujah. It's like that. That's how God is. That's how the things of the, of the Lord are. Amen. You always have to have somebody who can take your place. If Jesus believed it, we also believe. After he chose 12, he said, I'm gone. Amen. Praise God. That's how it works. So if I cannot choose and see people carry the same kind of plan and purpose in God, I wasted my life. It's just a waste. It's bunkum. It's a waste. Praise God. So I must be able to look and see, hmm, there's some people coming up who are carrying that message, that reality, carrying that flame. Hallelujah. Amen. Then I have done something. Praise God. Then God can say something is happening. But if you remove that guy and everything collapses to pieces, that's just useless. Are you getting it? That's not how God does. Amen? Let's translate that last part. God is looking for successors who will take, you know, the place. And so if you are just going to take away one person and the whole work collapses, then you have done nothing. There must be others who can take the place. In fact, it should be so good that you won't notice the difference. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So today I'd like to welcome Brother Joji, who's going to be sharing the word with us. And I'm sure you'll have a good time. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. He's a young you. man. He has a family, some beautiful children. And, they, you know, his daughter is already cooking at home. And she's like, you know, five. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> she's like uh, 12. 12. Amen? 13. 13, yeah. And so, praise God. His wife, as you could see, was not here. She's in the northeast taking care of daddy. And so, he's daddy, mommy, and everything. Praise God. And we put some more work on his shoulders. He's going to be sharing today. Praise God. So, Thank you, Pastor. Hallelujah. Have a great time. Thank you, Praise Pastor. God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You may all be pleased. Be seated. Sorry. Thank you so much. God is good. I said it's a privilege and honor for me to stand here because whatever I am today is because of the word I received from here. I'm so grateful for the leadership that God put me under. Pastor Michael, Pastor Chitra, Pastor Anup, I mean, whose life I could follow. Examples who proved the word of God and showed that, hey, this works. This works. I mean, coming from a traditional Christian family, I mean, you think, ah, it's there. It's just fairy tale. You just, just grew up with the Bible at home, but never read it. You, you hear somebody read a few scriptures of it, but then their life has absolutely Nothing in comparison with the Word. So that's what we grew up with. So this book, even though we had so many different copies and versions at home, it, it had no value to us then. But then, once you realize the truth, once 
you've submitted to the truth, submitted to God, and when He places you under leadership whose life you can follow, you see the fruit in their life, and you know, hey, if it works for them, it's going to work for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that this word that we preach, the word of faith that we preach, it works. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's a good thing about, it, about God's word. It works. No matter where you put it, it works. It flourishes. Because it's already come out of his mouth. And the word that has gone out of his mouth, it does not return void, but it shall accomplish that which it was sent forth to do and prosper in the thing whereunto he sent it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, it is not going to come back empty. It will finish the work. Hallelujah. And it will prosper. So these two, finish and prosper. You get it? Hey, I'm good. So that's the word that you're taking. It's no other word. The characteristics of that word is defined so clearly in Isaiah 55. He said, it will not return void. It will not return void. Hallelujah. Like Pastor said, we have a scientist, upcoming scientist here. So the scientists, what do they do? They try to prove a theory. This is, these are the characteristics. So this is what you expect. This is what you expect from it. So, no matter what the circumstances it so circumstances are a thing performs based on its characteristics so we have the word and the characteristic of the word is it will not return void it will accomplish that which it was sent forth to do and it will prosper well that covers almost everything that you need hallelujah so it's, it's like pastor said it's a privilege and an honor to speak that word hallelujah It's such a privilege and an honor to speak the words of the creator of heaven and earth who said, light be and light was. Hallelujah. And he gave us the same authority so that when those words come out of our mouth, they carry the same power. They don't uh, decrease in power. Hallelujah. There is no, no, how do I put it? There is no degree to which it reduces. It carries the same power. We are made in His image. We have His Holy Spirit in us, with us and upon us. And we have His Word. Our heart is filled with His love. So in every dimension, we can operate like Him. Hallelujah. In every dimension, any area of life that you take, we can operate like Him. That's the beauty of the new creation. Ha ha ha. Hallelujah. Isn't it, isn't it awesome that scripture says that the, we are new creations and all things about this new creation is of Him. All things. That means whichever angle you turn it, right, left, upside down, it is Him. Yes. Hallelujah. That's our born again spirit. Hallelujah. You don't see anything else. You see Him. Exactly like Him. And in 1 John, he said, As he is, so are we in this world. Right now. Right now. So, we speak the same word of faith. There is no, there is no other options that we have. Hallelujah. I mean, in fact, if you look at it, it's people who have multiple options that say and complain that the word doesn't work. Who go for options. When you run out of options... 
You come before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and say, Lord, here I am. I've run out of all options. Then he will say, "Uh uh-huh, come. Come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We call, we, like Pastor says, we press the mercy button. Mercy Lord, mercy Lord, mercy Lord, mercy Lord. The emergency stop button that you see on the, on the lift. I mean, when, when things go, are falling down, you just press that button. Mercy! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it works. I mean, we are all testimonies of God's mercy and goodness. The very fact that we are alive today, here, right now, breathing, enjoying this day, is His mercy. He wakes us up with new mercies. Hallelujah. He wakes us up with new mercies. They're new every morning. Hallelujah. And He opened the doors of the throne room and said, Come boldly to the throne of grace, so you may obtain mercy and grace to help you in your time of need. Ha ha ha. Woo! That is exciting. Hallelujah. So it's good to be in church. It's good to hear the words of the creator of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. So we, how many of you were there last Sunday? How many of you heard the message of faith reloaded? Wow, that was awesome. We're not going to move away from it. We're going to stick with that. Hallelujah. Pastor Anup explained so nicely about the faith of God that we have. Hallelujah. Scripture says, we have the faith of the Son of God. The life that we live right now, we live by the faith of the Son of God. We have the very same faith that Jesus had. Hallelujah. If we had any other faith, or a lower degree faith, it is not fair from God to expect us to do the same work that He did. Hallelujah. In John 14, 12, He said, Whatever works I did, you will do the same, even greater works. How can He expect us to do the same works that He did? Let's keep the greater works there. But at least to do the same works that He did, how can He expect us to do by giving us a lower degree of faith? Hallelujah. So we have the same faith as Jesus. So we don't have a faith problem. The problem that we have is knowledge problem. Knowledge of the Word. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hallelujah. So, let's open our Bible to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Brother, can we read that in Kannada, please? Hallelujah. Say now. Now. Now faith is. That means present tense. There is no past tense. There is no future tense right now. Hallelujah. Are you in faith right now? That's the question. Are you in church in faith? Are you in church in expectation? Hallelujah. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The word substance is the Greek word hypostasis, which means to stand in one place without moving. Hypo means near. And stasis means just stand there, rooted, anchored to that place. That means faith is standing 
anchored in one place about the things that you hope for or you are confidently expecting for. No matter what it is, you are not moved. Whatever the world throws at you, you are just anchored there. Said, I'm standing by this. This is what I expect. This is what I want. This is what I believe. And what is it that you're hoping for? How do you get it? From the Word. From the Word. Always let Scripture build the picture. And when you let Scripture build the picture, you know, hey, this is what I need. This is what the Word of God tells, tells me. This is what the Word says about me. This is who I am. Like Pastor Anup said, look in that mirror. The mirror of God's word. You don't forget. You look at it. Hey, that's who I am. That's the real me. And you expect to see that to come to pass. He said, well, if this, if this mirror says, this is what I am, then this is what I hope for. I confidently expect. It's going to come. I don't care what economic time says. I don't care what the doctor's report says. I don't care what the stock market uh, says. If, even if it's bulls or bears, I don't care. <laughs> Hallelujah. Say, this is what the word says. I have access to the riches in glory. Woo! I am an inexhaustible riches that the world cannot even imagine. Consider, the whole world economy runs on the amount of gold that a country has. But gold is tar in heaven. You walk on it. Hallelujah. And we are seated in heaven at the right hand of God the Father. And everything is under our feet. So, literally, you can walk over the world economic system. You can rule over that. Hallelujah. Because we are ambassadors of Christ. Our, our needs are taken care from where we are seated. Hallelujah. So you need to know this. Faith is standing your ground based on what you are confidently expecting from the word. You stand there. I don't care. Hallelujah. What comes at me? A thousand may fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. But it shall not come near me. Yes. Only with my eyes shall I behold and see the reward of the wicked. Yes. Hallelujah. And this message, no matter how many times you hear, it keeps building you up. Yes. Hallelujah. Peter said in Second Peter chapter 1, he started it with saying, those, um, Peter an apostle, uh, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us. Peter is saying, all of you have obtained like precious faith with us. That means of equal value and honor. We have the same faith that Peter has. That means when Peter walked, if his shadow healed, well, you can expect your shadow to heal as well. Hallelujah. We have the same faith as Paul. They don't have a different degree of faith. The same faith as Jesus. Hallelujah. So Peter said, as you come down in verse 12, he said, I, uh, let's put verse 12 up there. It says, I will not be negligent to put you in remembrance of these things, though you know them. I mean, this church knows faith. Hallelujah. All of us have tremendous testimonies about what 
God has done through us by applying the word. Hallelujah. It says, though you know them and are established in the present truth. He said, I will still put you in remembrance. Still in remembrance. Hallelujah. The next verse, he said, Yeah, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. So as long as I'm in this body, I will put you in remembrance. And then the next verse he says, I know shortly I will leave this tabernacle. And then let's put, yeah, knowing shortly that I must put off my tabernacle even as the Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. The next verse says, Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, even after my disease, have these things always in remembrance. Look at that. He said, even after I die, I will make sure you you are put in remembrance of these things. About what? The faith. The faith of God. We have the same faith as Jesus. Like precious faith with the apostle Peter and Paul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, you need to know that you are called to accomplish the same things. As He is, so are we right now in this world. Hallelujah. So we cannot cannot neglect these things. If Peter said, I will not neglect it, we can't neglect. We need to keep reminding you of these things. This is important. No matter how much ever you hear, faith comes by hearing and hearing. Not having heard. Hallelujah. Let's go to Matthew chapter 8. We'll read verse 5. And when Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith No, not in Israel. Hallelujah. Jesus is admiring faith. He appreciates faith. I mean, throughout the gospel, you will see him commenting on people's faith. Here he is amazed by the centurion's faith. And that guy is not even a Jew. He's a Roman centurion. Who heard about Jesus. About the work that he did. But one extra thing he understood. He understood the authority. He said, for I am a man under authority. That means, when I get a command, I know it is done. For me, every time I receive a command, it is done. It is done. I cannot return back to my commander saying it is not done. You lose your head. Hallelujah. So, according to him, when a word comes to him, it should mean it is done. Hallelujah. And he said, I have people under me. 
So to whomever I say come, he comes. That means again, he has people under him. When he says something, for him it is done. So this guy understood authority. He understood that. So he knew when Jesus said something, irrespective of space, time and matter, it is done. Hallelujah. He is the Lord of space, time and matter. There is no, he said, there is no distance. You just speak your word and my servant there will be healed. Hallelujah. He said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how far the distance is. It doesn't matter how long it takes to travel. You say and it is done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He doesn't even have to touch him. You getting this? He said, that's the authority Jesus had. And the centurion understood it. Even though all the Jews who had the, the, the Old Testament with him, they had the stories and the testimonies of all the patriarchs, they didn't get it. But this guy understood it. He said, I have not seen such great faith. No, not in Israel. Nowhere in Israel. Not among all the scholars. He didn't see that. But this centurion, oh, he said, this faith is great faith. He gave a degree. Great faith. Hallelujah. Let's see some more. And then it says in verse 13, And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go your way, as you have believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self same hour. At that instant. As he believed. No distance, no time, no space, it doesn't matter. The word supersedes everything. The word spoken with authority is greater than space, time and matter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother, can you read this at least uh, uh, Matthew 8 verse 9, 10 and 13. Nanu saha adhikara da kedagiruve manushyanu. Nanna kaigalige sipaigalidare. Nanu avurige uppanige hogo yandu helidare. Hogutane matopanige bai yandu helidare. Barutane. Hallelujah. Let's go to Matthew 15. We'll read verse 21 onwards. Matthew 15, 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out to the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, you son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciple came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto thee, even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Hallelujah. Brother, can you read uh, 
verse 21 to 28 Yatane Purutitale, Yendu Kugi Kondolo, Adre Atano Akege, Yenu Tarapodavilla, Aga Atan Shisharubando, Avodo Namahinde, Kugi Kondu Burtitale, Akiano Kalisubudo, Yendo Atanano, Bedi Kondoro, Adre Yesu Heli Denandre, Kalituhoda, Kurigal in Tirwa, Israel Manetana Davoro, Borege Horoto, Matare Borego Nano, Kalisal Patidaunanala, Andano, Aga Ake Bando, Atanamunde, Ada Bidu Kartane Nange, Sahaya Mado Andolo, Ada Katano, Makalam Makala Rotian no Tegukondo, Nai Marigle, Hakudo, Sariella, Indo Uttara Kotano, Akeo, Haudu Kartane, Adre Narima Marigle Kinta, Tama, Yezamanana, Majininda, Bilwa, Rotiu, Tundugano, Tinu Atano, Andalo, Aga Yesu Akege, Strie, Nina Nambike, Dodo, Nina Istavadante, Nina Gagali, Indo, Uttara Kotano, Ade Garigeli, Ake, Magalo, Swastavadalo. Hallelujah. See, this is a Canaanite woman. She is not a Jew. She, she is not one who has a covenant with God. Hallelujah. And she has come to Jesus. She heard of Jesus. She heard what he could do. And she came. And then, it looks like Jesus is humiliating her. Like called her a dog. Said, I can't give this to you. I have come for Israel. For the lost sheep of Israel. She said, Master, even the dogs eat the crumbs that come from, the, from below the table of the Master. Man, Jesus was impressed. He was impressed at how she was able to hold on to Him. Hold on to who He is, knowing His ability. Hallelujah. And again what happened? He said it and at that very same hour her, do- her child was healed. At that very same hour. I mean it makes you wonder. The people who had the covenant, the people who had the word, they couldn't receive. But these people who are outside, they were able to observe and see something. Hallelujah. I want you to keep this in mind. We'll continue on this. The people who had the word, they did not receive. Why? Why? The other people outside the covenant, they were able to watch, observe, understand, and extract from Jesus. We'll come into that. But I want you to keep that in mind. Go with me to Matthew chapter 14. We'll look at some, some examples from the, especially the Gospels. How Jesus responds to faith. Again here we saw, He said, Great is your faith. Oh woman, great is your faith. And He is not someone who is stoic, who would say, Oh woman, great is your faith. (laughs) No! He is the one who was anointed with the oil of joy. So when He says, Oh woman, it's like, Whoa! Oh woman! Great is your faith! (laughs) Hallelujah! So, You need to keep those pictures in mind. Hallelujah. How his expression is. He had flesh. So that means, obviously he had emotions. Alright, let's look at that. 
Matthew 14. This is the story of Peter walking on water. Verse 25 onwards. And in the fourth watch of the night, that is somewhere between 3 to 6 a.m., Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. And straight away Jesus spoke unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter was come down out of the ship. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did thou doubt? Hallelujah. Brother, can you read this from verse 25 to 31? ರಾತ್ರಿಯನಾಲ್ಕನೇ Aga Petrun Yesu in a Bade, Hogu the K, Doni in the Yedu, Nirina Melanadano, Adre Aono, Guardian no Nodidaga, Payapoto, Mudgalari Misidaga, Kartane, Nana no Kapado in the Kugi Kondano, Takshanawe Yesu Kaichachi Aonano Hidado, Alpa Vishwasvie, Yeke Sandhe Pate in the Hedigano. Hallelujah. So again we see here, Jesus is walking on water and walking towards the disciples. I mean, they are on a ship and Jesus is walking on water. And we see that they saw something first. First they saw Jesus walking on water. And the immediate reaction was fear. They were afraid. They said, it is a spirit. Actually they said, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. And then Jesus said something. The first words that came out of Jesus is, Hello, be of good cheer. I mean for him to say something like that, you can imagine the opposite side. How are they reacting? Fear. <laughs> that too at night, between 3 to 6 a.m. With the, with, I mean, imagine they're on a ship, on a boat. There's very less light there. And then, somebody walking on the water. They, they would have screamed out in fear. And then they heard this voice saying, Be not afraid, it is I. Be of good cheer. <laughs> Hallelujah. So they got a word from him. But Peter is still not sure. He said, Lord, if it be thou, command me to come on the water. And what is the response he got? Come. Come. Nothing else. He did not say, if you have faith, come. He said, oh Peter, if you believe, Thou steppest out. <laughs> no. No. He just said, come. And Peter immediately acted on that word. And he started walking on the water. But then, he was supposed to be looking at Jesus. He said, what did Peter say? Bid me to come. That means, to come to you. 
So, and Jesus said, come. So where is he going to? Towards Jesus. So where is he supposed to look? At Jesus. Hearing his word, his expectation is, that's where I'm supposed to be. That's where I'm supposed to be. So he was supposed to walk towards Jesus. But then he looked somewhere else. He said, then he saw the wind boisterous and the waves. Can we see that? Next verse. He saw the wind boisterous. He was afraid. And he began to sink. His, his attention was deviated. His focus was changed. He heard the voice. He got the word. He had his hope set. That is, walk towards Jesus. Hallelujah. And what is he supposed to do? Faith is the substance. That means, stick on to what you heard. He's supposed to walk towards Jesus. Hallelujah. Did you see anywhere Jesus appreciating him? Oh wow, at least you walked on what? No! Jesus' response was, Oh ye of little faith. Why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? I mean, when we all read this story, we feel like, Say, Ayah, Peter, why did you do this? Come on. How many of you have walked on water? None of us. Right? So we are nobody to judge Peter. At least he walked. <laughs> At least he walked. Alright? So if you have not accomplished what another person has done, do not comment. Do not judge. We are nobody. Only Peter knows what he went through. <laughs> I mean, him being a fisherman, number one, he's a fisherman, so he's used to sea. He's used to the waters. Hallelujah. And that guy got afraid. And he's sinking. So imagine what his state of mind would have been. We are not pitying Peter, but we are understanding the situation. Understanding, let, we are letting scripture build the picture. We see what was happening. Like Pastor Anup explained, we have an imagination. We are supposed to see. You see those things. Only when you see these things, you can see yourself. Hallelujah. Let's continue. So, Jesus' ex exclamation was, O ye of little faith. Now let's see something else. Mark chapter 4. We'll read verse 35 onwards. And the same day when the, when the even was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest not thou that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Look at that. We saw great faith, little faith, now no faith. No faith. 
When we read verse 35, we see that the disciples got a word from Jesus. They received a word. What was the word? Let us go on or let us pass over unto the other side. I mean, in the original Greek, there is no let us there. That is added by the translators. If you look at the meaning, it says, pass over to the other side. It's actually a command. It's actually a command. Pass over to the other side. That word came, he knows it's going to happen. He knows no matter what, that word that went out of his mouth is not going to come back void. He knows it will be finished, it will be done. So what did he do? He slept. At the hinder part of the ship. Asleep on a pillow. With all the stuff that is happening around. See, Jesus had a purpose. His main purpose was to reach the other side. There was a person who was a demoniac who he wanted to deliver that guy. He was going all the way there just for that one person. He had a purpose. So he released his word. And he knows it's going to happen. But those people who received the word, who heard him say that, suddenly when there was a windstorm, they were like, Master, tell us not now that we perish. Now you need to picture this. They did not just come and say, Master, 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 care us not thou that we perish. No! They were probably, Master! Master! I mean, these are fishermen. These are fishermen who are used to the sea. They are right there. They are screaming their lungs out. Jesus came. He rebuked the wind. I mean, honestly, he was, he, I, I think he was rebuking them first. <laughs> like, shh, keep quiet. He would have said that to them as well. <laughs> he said, where is your faith? Why are you afraid? Didn't you receive my word? Hallelujah. These are the guys who said, we are following you. We are following you. Whatever you say, you have the words of life. Where did all that go? They were screaming their lungs out. Master! And Jesus commanded, Where is your faith? Have you no faith? Great faith, little faith, no faith. So he tests your faith. He, there is a certificate. But the good news is, all of us have the same faith. The same faith as Jesus. It's how you release that faith. That matters. What are you doing about that faith that you have? That's the question. That's where the rewards are attached to. What are you doing with the faith that you have? Don't you know how to operate in that faith? You have the word. You have at least 50 translations available minimum to download. Read it from this angle, that angle, every other angle. Try to interpret it with Greek, Hebrew, everything. It's available. None of us have an excuse. What are we doing with it? Where are you looking? Are you looking around or are you looking at that? Are you trying to dissect the word or dissect the, the doctor's prescription? When, when, when it is very common these days. I mean, I've done this too. When a symptom pops up, 
Instead of looking at what the word says, you look at Google. What does Google say about this? What does Google say about this? So what are you doing? Oh, pain, severe migraine, okay. And this migraine is because of this. Maybe high sensitivity to light. You looked at this. Maybe you went out in the afternoon. What does the word say? The sun shall not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. Hallelujah. There is light in us. Hallelujah. Where are your priorities? Because we have a certificate, we have a mark list. Hallelujah. We need, to, we, need to, we need to see that. Man, there is a mark list out there. There is a mark list there. Based on that mark list, our rewards are there. One day we will stand there at the convocation ceremony in, in front of the throne. Hallelujah. Woo! We all passed. We have all passed. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the rewards, that matters. All of us have passed. So we all attend the ceremony. But it's the rewards. Who gets to stand there on the podium? Hallelujah. When those rewards are being given. Woo! Hallelujah. And it's all on faith. Without faith it is impossible to please Him. Hallelujah. You must believe that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Hallelujah. So this faith is important. And what is it that hinders you? Pastor Anub explained it nicely. Unbelief. Unbelief. You remember the, the example he said? You have a 200 horsepower engine and you're, you're try, you have the best engine, the, the best technology, oh, everything is touch screen. You sit on it, you start the engine and you press the accelerator but the vehicle is not moving. It's not moving. There's a lot of smoke. There's a lot of sound. But you're not going anywhere. Why? When you look back, there's a similar engine pulling you in the other side. That's unbelief. The purpose of faith is to take you forward in the will of God. But then there's something called unbelief that anchors you there or takes you behind. What is unbelief? Unbelief is not believing. Not, oh sorry, let me, let me explain, let me repeat that. Unbelief is not, not believing. <laughs> Unbelief simply means believing in something that is apart from what God said. You are still believing something. But you are not believing in God's word. You are believing something. But it's not on God's word. You saw something, you believe something else apart from God's word, that is taking you in another direction. Not in the direction that God wants you to go. You're getting this? Unbelief. Jesus rebuked people for their unbelief. Let's see Mark 16, verse 14. Let's put that up there. Mark 16, verse 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. I mean, this is, 
just before he ascended to heaven. Just before he ascended to heaven. After his resurrection. He didn't stop. He didn't stop judging them on their faith. He still corrected them. Corrected them. About what? Their unbelief. Their unbelief. Let's see another good example. Let's go to John chapter 11. It's a good story. Well, let's go to John 10. We'll read verse 22. And it was at Jerusalem the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. Next verse. And Jesus walked into the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long will you make us doubt? If you be the Christ, tell us plainly. Look at that. The Jews, they come to Jesus and said, How long are you going to make us down? If you are Christ, tell us plainly. Come on. We are talking face to face. Tell us plainly. Are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah whom we are waiting for? What did Jesus respond? He said, verse 25, He answered them, I told you and you believe not. So simple. I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Well, what more do you want? Jesus said in, uh, I think it is John, John 11, He said, the, works that I, the words that I speak, it's my Father's. And He does the work. All the works that Jesus did, is from the Father. The Father is doing the works. And he said, you saw all those things. You saw all the miracles. But you did not believe. So why are you, what, what is the point in asking face to face? I did all these things among you. He did not do anything secretly. He did everything publicly. There were people watching him. The new, by, many times in the gospels you will, you will read, and the news about him spread abroad. That means there was like flash news everywhere. Live coverages. It just went forth from one city to the next city. In Matthew 4, we see Jesus starting his ministry in Galilee. He went about teaching in the synagogue, preaching the kingdom of, of God, and healing all who were sick in Galilee. By the time you reach Matthew 9, it says he went about all the villages and cities teaching, preaching, and healing. So people heard about him. They all knew about what he was doing. Still they doubted. Still they doubted. And here you see them admitting the fact that they are doubting. They are doubting. Let's see. Verse 26. But you believe not because you are not of my sheep. And as I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother, can you read this? From 22 to 27. Anantra, Yusinaminali, Devale, the 
ಇನ್ನೂ ಎಷ್ಟು ಕಾಲ ನಮ್ಮನ್ನು ಸಂದಿಗದಲ್ಲಿ ಇಡುತ್ತಿ ನೀನು ಕ್ರಿಸ್ತನಾಗಿದ್ದರೆ ಅದನ್ನು ನಮಗೆ ಸ್ಪಷ್ಟವಾಗಿ ಹೇಳು ಎಂದರು ಅದಕ್ಕೆ ಯೇಸು ನಾನು ನಿಮಗೆ ಹೇಳಿದ್ದೇನು ಆದರೆ ನೀವು ನಂಬುವುದಿಲ್ಲ ನನ್ನ ತಂದೆ ಹೆಸರಿನಲ್ಲಿ ನಾನು ಮಾಡುವ ಕ್ರಿಯೆಗಳೇ ನನ್ನ ವಿಷಯವಾಗಿ ಸಾಕ್ಷಿವಾಗಿವೆ ಆದರೂ ನೀವು ನಂಬ ನಂಬದೆ ಇದ್ದೀರಿ ಏಕೆಂದು ನೀವು ನನ್ನನ್ನು ನನ್ನ ಕುರಿಗಳಲ್ಲ ನನ್ನ ಕುರಿಗಳು ನನ್ನ ಸ್ವರವನ್ನು ಕಿವಿಗೊಡುತ್ತವೆ ನಾನು ಅವುಗಳನ್ನು ಬಲ್ಲೆನ್ನು ಅವು ನನ್ನನ್ನು ಹಿಂಬಾಲಿಸುತ್ತದೆ and my father are one that's verse 30 i and my father are one and then the next verse says and the jews took up stones to stone him they took up stones for what to stone him now my question is what was their question to jesus they asked him plainly are you the christ tell us Don't leave us in doubt. That was their question. Are you the Christ? That means if they knew who really Christ was, they knew that he is the one, he is God coming as man. They had all the prophecies in the Old Testament. They had all those scripture. But then they asked him, "Are you the Christ?" and when he said, "I and my father are one," they took stones. Look at that. Look at the hypocrisy. they asked the question jesus said i i i i told you you did not believe and then he declared i and my father are one then they acted on their doubt they acted on their unbelief they took stones to stone jesus they got their answer but still they did not want to believe again what do you see here the people who had the word they are the ones doubting they are the ones doubting let's see some more verse 32 brother can you read this in kannada please 30 and 31 nanu matta nanna tande ondagiddeve endanu aga yahudiyaru aatanannu kollabekendu tirigi kallugalannu tegedukondu okay i will not miss kannada this time <laughs> All right verse 32 Jesus answered there many good works have I showed you from my father for which of those works do you stone me the Jews answered saying for a good work we stone thee not but for blasphemy because you being a man makes yourself god again yeah brother please read that yesu avarge nanna tandeyinda anekha olle kriyegalannu nimage torisiddene ಅವುಗಳಲ್ಲಿ ಯಾವ ಕ್ರಿಯೆಗಳ ನಿಮಿತ್ತ ನೀವು ನನ್ನ ಮೇಲೆ ಕಲ್ಲೆಸೆಬೇಕಿದ್ದೀರಿ ಎಂದು ಕೇಳಿದನು ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಜೀಸಸ್ ಸೇಡ್ ಐ ಅಂಡ್ ಮೈ ಫಾದರ್ ಆರ್ ಒನ್ ದೇ ಸ್ಟೋನಿಂಗ್ ಹಿಮ್ ಸೆಡ್ ಯು ಅರ್ ಮ್ಯಾನ್ ಹೌ ಕೆನ್ ಯು ಡಿಕ್ಲೇರ್ ದಟ್ ಯು ಅರ್ ಗಾಡ್ ಸೊ ದೇ ವಾಂಟೆಡ್ ಟು ಸ್ಟೋನ್ ಹಿಮ್ ಸೊ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ದಿನಾರಿಯೋ ದೇರ್ ವೇರ್ ಇನ್ ಜರೂಸಲಮ್ ನೌ ಲೆಟ್ಸ್ ಗೋ ಟು ದ ನೆಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ John 11 verse 1 Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany the town of Mary and her sister Martha It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair whose brother Lazarus was was sick Then his sister sent unto him saying Lord behold he whom you lovest is sick 
When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Brother, can you read this? Marthalu Matu Akya Sahodriada, Mariyalu Urada, Vedanya Dali, Dajarana Imbanando, Aswasta Nagitano, E. Mariyalu, Kartanige, Taila no Hachi, Athana Padagalano, Tana Tale Pudalinda, Varisidolo, E. K. Sahodaranada, Lajarano, Aswasta Nagitano, E. Girilagi, Amana Sahodariaro, Kartane Igo, Nino, Priti Sidamano, Aswasta Nagitane, Embudagi, Yesuina Padege, Heli, Kaduisidoro, Yesu Idano Keli, E. Rogavo, Maranakagi, Panditala, Idarinda, Deo Kumaranike, Mahime Untagu Vadento, Devra, Mahime Goskara, Pandito, Indo Hilitano. Hallelujah. So Lazarus is sick, sick unto death. And his sisters Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus, saying, The Lazarus, the person whom you love so much, he is dying. He is dying. Please come. Now you need to know, Bethany is very close to Jerusalem. They had a very bad experience in Jerusalem. The people wanted to stone them. Now they are in some other place. Now they got word from Mary and Martha saying, Lazarus is dying. And immediately, Jesus gave a word. Immediately, a word went out of his mouth. Let's read that again. That was verse, um, which was it? verse 4. It says, this, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. He said something. They sent word to Jesus, and Jesus responded with what? Words. He said, this sickness is not unto death. What does that mean? Plainly, that means this person is not going to die. He released the words. This person is not going to die. And he said, this is for the glory of God. That means, whatever is happening now will bring glory. Will cause the glory of God to manifest. Hallelujah. So, he spoke a word. And that word went to Mary and Martha. How did they respond? We'll see. Let's continue with the story. Um, Verse 6. When he had heard therefore that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that says he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Look at that. He said, When he heard the news, he stayed there for another two more days. What was the news he heard? He's about to die. And he responded, according to Jesus, it is done. The moment he said the word, it is done. It is finished. This is not unto death. Finish. End of story. So he stayed another two more days. And then he said, let's go to Judea. Then the disciples remembered the bad experience. Master, the Jews wanted to stone you. Do you really want to go there again? Let's see. All right, where was I? Yep. Uh, Verse 11. These things said he, and after he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of sleep. 
Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought he had spoken of, of taking of rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Man, these guys. <laughs> Alright, you guys understood that. Verse 15. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. Look at that. He said, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad I was not there. Imagine Jesus speaking this to the disciples. He said, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad I was not there. Let's continue. To the intent you may believe, nevertheless let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his disciples, fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. The great Thomas, the father of the Mathomachers. <laughs> he said, over. The man said, I'm glad I was not there, he's dead. Now after the whole story is over, let us go. First of all, the Jews wanted to stone him. And then they got news that somebody whom he loved the most is dying. And he stayed another two days extra. So imagine what they might be thinking. He stayed two more days. Oh, maybe he, did, he does not want to go there because of the Jews. Maybe he knows, ah, oh, those guys will stone me if I go there. So they were happy. Think from the disciples' point of view. They were happy that Jesus did not go. And then Jesus said, I'm glad I was not there. And then he said, we will go. We will go. Then Thomas, <laughs> we will go, we will die with him. Jesus will, will be thinking, Didymus needs some Adi. <laughs> Alright. Now let's continue. Verse 17. When Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary still sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. But I know, even now, whatever you will ask God, God will give you. Jesus said unto her, Your brother shall rise again. Martha said, I know that he shall rise again in the day of resurrect resurrection at the last day. Look at that. Brother, let's read that. Let's read that. I'm sorry I missed. Uh, we'll read uh, verse 17. 17, 21, 22, 23. Yesu Yesu Akege, 
ನಿನ್ನ ತಮ್ಮನು ಪುನಃ ಎದ್ದು ಬರುವನು ಎಂದು ಹೇಳಿದನು ಮಾರ್ಥಳು ಆತನಿಗೆ ಸತ್ತವರಿಗೆ ಕಡೆಯ ದಿನದಲ್ಲಿ ಪುನರುತ್ಥಾನವಾಗುವುದಾಗಿ ಎಂದು ಆತನು ಎದ್ದು ಬರುವನೆಂದು ನಾನು ಬಲ್ಲೆನು ಅಂದಳು ಯೇಸು ಆಕೆಗೆ ನಾನು ಪುನರುತ್ಥಾನವೂ ಜೀವವೂ ಆಗಿದ್ದೇನೆ ನನ್ನಲ್ಲಿ ನಂಬಿಕೆ ಇಡುವವನು ಸತ್ತರೂ ಬದುಕುವನು ಎಂದು ಹೇಳಿದನು ಸೊ ಜೀಸಸ್ ಕೇಮ್ ಟು ಬ್ಯಾತನಿ ಅಂಡ್ ಹಿ ಹಿ ನ್ಯೂ ದಟ್ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ಬೀನ್ ಫೋರ್ ಡೇಸ್ ಸೊ ದ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಪರ್ಸನ್ ಹೂ ರೆಸ್ಪಾಂಡೆಡ್ ವಾಸ್ ಮಾರ್ಥಾ ಶಿ ಕೇಮ್ ರನ್ನಿಂಗ್ ಶಿ ಸೆಟ್ ಲೋಡ್ ಇಫ್ ಯು ಹ್ಯಾಡ್ ಬೀನ್ ಹಿಯರ್ ಮೈ ಬ್ರದರ್ ವುಡ್ ನಾಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾವ್ ಡೈಡ್ ಬಟ್ ಐ ನೋ ವಾಟ್ ಎವರ್ ಯು ಆಸ್ ಗಾಡ್ ಹಿ ವಿಲ್ ಹಿ ವಿಲ್ ಆನ್ಸರ್ ಜಿ ಸೆಟ್ ಐ ಆಮ್ ದ ರೆಸರೆಕ್ಷನ್ ಯೋರ್ ಬ್ರದರ್ ವಿಲ್ ರೈಸ್ ಅಗೇನ್ ಹಿ ಸೆಟ್ ಯೋರ್ ಬ್ರದರ್ ವಿಲ್ ರೈಸ್ ಅಗೇನ್ then she responded saying because of the foundational doctrines jesus taught them about resurrection he said i know in the day of resurrection he will rise again then how did jesus respond i am the resurrection i am the resurrection she was thinking sometime there in the future on the day of resurrection he said the resurrection is standing right there in front of you i am the resurrection and the life he that believes in me though he were dead yet he shall live hallelujah let's continue and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die believest thou this look at that now again he is questioning her do you believe this do you believe this she said yes lord i believe you are the christ the son of god which should come into this world and so when she said she went her way called mary her sister secretly saying the master is come and calleth for thee verse 32 then when mary was come where jesus was and saw him she fell down at his feet saying unto the lord unto him lord if you had been here my brother had not died now mary comes and the same sequence is being repeated martha said lord if you were here my brother would not have died then after some time mary comes repeats the same story the next verse says therefore when jesus therefore saw her weeping and the jews also weeping which came with her he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said where have you laid him they said unto him lord come and see jesus wept that verse jesus wept if you ask any child who goes to sunday school which is the shortest verse in the bible they'll all lift their hands up and say jesus wept you ask them why did he cry oh because he loved lazarus so much he was so moved that lazarus died it pained him so much that lazarus the one whom he loved the most died that's the story most of us think we know but the verse the verse before that verse 33 says when jesus saw her weeping and the jews also weeping which came with her he groaned in the spirit the word groaned actually means he was murmuring he was murmuring in the spirit let me get that word for you I don't know if I wrote it down here. It actually means to murmur, to complain. It's like He murmured in the spirit and was troubled. 
Yeah. It says, let me, see, let me get that word. The word groan means to snort with anger. To snort with anger. To groan. To murmur against. Can you imagine Jesus snorting with anger? You know what snort is? And then it says he was troubled. It means he was stirred and agitated. Now put this meaning in that verse. It said when he saw them weeping, he snorted in anger, in his spirit, and was agitated. Why? Keep that in your mind. Let's continue. Uh, where was I? Yeah. Verse 36. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved them. He loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again, groaning in himself, came into the, cave, into the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take away the stone Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks, for he has been dead four days. Then said Jesus to her, Said I not unto thee, if you wouldest believe, you shall see the glory of God. Look at that. Why did Jesus weep? Why was he weeping? The word wept means burst out in what do you say? Burst out emotionally, crying, sobbing. It was too much. It troubled him, it stirred him up. He was angry. Has anyone cried in anger before? Yeah, all of us. That was the emotion. He was not beating his chest and crying over Lazarus' death. I mean, this is Jesus, He is a resurrection. Why should he cry over somebody's death? Think about this. He knows he can raise Lazarus from the dead. So why should he cry? He should be standing there. If it was you or me, if we know that we could raise somebody from the dead, you're like, alright, bring it on. Yes or no? If you, if you were there, how would you have reacted? Just bring it on. Lady, open the tomb. Let's deal with this. No, but Jesus wept. What made him weep? Unbelief. Unbelief. They already received the word that this sickness is not unto death. They did not believe. They did not believe. In fact, if they had believed, they could have prevented his death already. I believe that. They could have. What was Jesus' response? He said, Didn't I tell you, said not I unto thee, that if you believe, you will see the glory. According to him, it was done the moment he spoke those words. When he got the news, he released words. And he knows that this word is not going to come back void. This is not unto death. And he expected them to believe. 
But when he looked all around, all he could see is unbelief. Unbelief. Man, unbelief can make Jesus weep. Unbelief can make Jesus weep. Brother, can you translate that in Kannada? It can make him snort in anger. It brings out emotions of Jesus that you and me, we don't want to see. Hallelujah. Unbelief. That's how much Jesus hated it. It made him weep to see unbelief all around. That's why when he went to raise up the centurion's daughter, he put everybody out. He said, no, I don't want all these people in. Bible says they laughed at him. They scorned him in laughter. They laughed at him. He put them all out. He said, she's not dead, she's just sleeping. They laughed at him. He hates unbelief. Why? Because he knows that it hinders you from receiving all that God has for you. It hinders you from moving forward and being a blessing for others. Hallelujah. As long as you are stuck in unbelief, you cannot move forward or bring anybody into the kingdom. You are stuck. Then how can you bring somebody else forward? No. He hates unbelief. It can cause him to weep. So question to you. Have you made Jesus weep? Just think over it. That's all. No other comments. I mean, this affected me so much. He said, I mean, scripture said, Jesus wept. He did not weep over Lazarus' death. No! He knows that he can raise him up. But his crying, that burst of emotion was over their unbelief. That's how much he hated unbelief. Hallelujah. In the, in the story of, uh, let's go to Mark 6. Let's see this. Remember this. Let's come there. Thank you, Lord. Oh. Thank you, Father. In Mark, 6, Mark 16. Oh, let's go to Mark 6, sorry. Mark 6, chapter 1. And he went out from thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. Verse 3 says, uh, sorry, And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, from whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this that which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. So Jesus is in, ho- in his own hometown, Nazareth. And he started preaching as usual. He started declaring, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to set the captives free, to give sight to the blind. He started declaring all that. 
and he started doing miracles and they were astonished at his words but what what happened they looked at him in the natural like pastor anup said this is ausepacha and son this is merichechi's son we know his dad we know his mom we know his grandfather they looked at him in the natural and they were offended at him offense is one of the precursor to unbelief your unbelief usually follows some kind of offense why why are you offended because it's all based on the natural faith is from the word unbelief is from the senses faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god unbelief comes either through your senses or hearing what your senses have to say hallelujah so they looked at jesus in the natural and they were offended at him and what was the result the next verse says verse 5 uh, says and he could there do no mighty work save he laid his hands upon a few folk and healed them and he marveled because of their unbelief and he went round about the villages teaching look at that unbelief why because they were offended why because they looked at him in the natural natural offense based on what you see what you feel what you touch your previous experiences that brought in offense and that resulted in unbelief whose loss their loss the creator of heaven and earth was right there the one anointed of god to set them all free to heal all the sick were right there but they couldn't receive because of their unbelief their unbelief so what did jesus do he started dealing with it he went about teaching teaching hallelujah then verse 7 says and he called unto him the 12 and began to send them forth two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits he gave them power he went about teaching and then what did he do called his disciples all 12 of them and gave them power and authority over all unclean spirits and what did they do with it verse 12 says they went out and preached that men should repent and they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them that's what they did he gave them authority and they acted on that and they were able to cast out devils and heal what many that were sick and healed them they healed them brother can you read this mark 6 verse 7 12 and 13 ತಾನು ಆಯ್ಕೆ ಮಾಡಿಕೊಂಡ ಹನ್ನೆರಡು ಮಂದಿ ಶಿಷ್ಯರನ್ನು ಹತ್ತಿರಕ್ಕೆ ಕರೆದು ಅವರನ್ನು ಇಬ್ಬ ಇಬ್ಬಿಬ್ಬರನ್ನಾಗಿ ಕಳುಹಿಸಿ ಕಳುಹಿಸಿದನು ಕಳುಹಿಸುವಾಗ ಆತನು ಅವರಿಗೆ ದೆವಗಳ ಮೇಲೆ ಅಧಿಕಾರ ಕೊಟ್ಟು ಟ್ವೆಲ್ವ್ ಅಂಡ್ ತರ್ಟೀನ್ ಅವರು ಹೊರಟು ಹೋಗಿ ಜನರಿಗೆ ನೀವು ನಿಮ್ಮ ಪಾಪಗಳನ್ನು ಬಿಟ್ಟು ಮಾನಸಾಂತರ ಹೊಂದಬೇಕು ಎಂದು ಸಾರಿ ಹೇಳಿದರು ಅನೇಕ ದೆವಗಳನ್ನು ಬಿಡಿಸಿ ಅನೇಕ ರೋಗಿಗಳಿಗೆ ಎಣ್ಣೆ ಹಚ್ಚಿ ಗುಣಪಡಿಸಿದರು 
Matthew chapter 10 verse 1 And when he called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. So what was the power that he gave them? To cast out unclean spirits, to cast them out and to heal what kind of sickness? All manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. And then what did he tell them? Verse 7 says, As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. So now he gave them authority and now he gave them a word. He gave them a word. What was the word? Heal the sick. Can they heal the sick? They got Power over all sickness, all diseases. Then it says, raise the dead. Sickness is the precursor to death. Can they raise the dead? Yes. Why? Because he said it. Then, cast out devils. He gave them authority over all devils. Could they do it? Yes, they could. Now with this, we read in Mark 6. Let's go to Mark chapter 9. Fifteen more minutes. We'll close soon. And when he, Mark chapter 9 verse 14. When he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning them. And straightway all the people when they beheld him were greatly amazed and running to him saluted him. And he asked the scribes, what question you with them? Now look at this. He came down the mountain and he saw the scribes, the scholars, questioning his disciples. They were questioning his disciples. Hello, what is happening? He asked them, why are you questioning them? So that means something happened there that caused the people, the scholars, the big dadiwalas to question them. So now they were all in a tricky situation. Man, all eyes are upon us. Something that we did didn't work out. All eyes are upon us. They're looking at us. What are we going to do? So now Jesus is coming into that kind of situation. Then what he said, Why are you questioning them? What question ye with them? Let's continue. Verse 17, And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. And wherever he takes him, he tears him, and he foams, he gnashes his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? Now this is the reason. So the Guy brought his son to his disciples. Why? The reason is he had a dumb spirit. Can we see that? How many spirit? One dumb spirit. Can you put that verse? uh, Which has a dumb spirit. One. What authority did Jesus give them? 
to cast out all devils. Remember, they have the authority to cast out all devils and it was working. We saw it worked. It was working so fine that this guy heard about it and in faith he came with his son. This guy came believing and expecting. He came with his son. But then the disciples, they were like, hey, it's happened all the time. It's cool. They tried casting him out. But then nothing happened. Nothing happened. So now they were worried. Now the questions came. Now, people pleasing. All those eyes are upon him. What will we do now? It was working all the while. Suddenly it's not working. Now they will be questioning us. If nothing happened, then there was, I mean, there was nothing for them to question. I mean, I'm sorry. If it had worked, then the scribes wouldn't have questioned them. It did not work, so the scribes were questioning. Now they were in doubt. And what was Jesus' response to this? He said, Oh, faithless generation. Oh, faithless generation. Question them. Who are these people? His own disciples. Where were they? 24 bar 7 with Jesus. They have access to the word more than anybody else. Who are they? The same people who got all authority, all power, over all sicknesses, and over all devils. They already received the word. But when in the natural... It faltered. They began doubting. They began doubting. Then Jesus responded saying, Oh faithless generation. Faithless means, it does not mean less amount of faith. He said, without faith. Like some of the tea shops you go, you say sugarless tea, they add less sugar and give you. <laughs> That's not what we are talking about here. You have to say without Without tea. That's when they give you tea without sugar. But if you say sugarless tea, they will put less sugar and give sugarless tea. That's not what he's talking about here. He said, you faithless people. That means you people without faith. How can he call them like that? They doubt it. Then it's as you see, uh, where was I? Yep. Verse 20. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straight away the spirit tore him. He fell on the ground and wallowed for me. Now look. Now we understand why the disciples failed. Why they doubted. Now, what happened when they brought the boy to Jesus? As soon as he came to Jesus, all kinds of stuff is happening now. See, they brought him, straight away the spirit tore him, he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming in front of Jesus. Now the disciples are thinking, see, in front of Jesus also the same thing happened. Why is he calling us faithless generation? When they tried to cast out, probably the same thing would have happened. Now Jesus, the master himself, is standing there. What did he do? Let's continue. 
Jesus saw it. And Jesus said, How long ago since this came unto him, he set off a child. And oftentimes it cast him into the fire, into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Wow, that's an amazing statement. He said, All things are possible to him who believes. But what was the father's response? He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. He said, I believe, but help my unbelief. That means he has faith and also unbelief. Both working together. He had faith, that's why he brought his son to the disciples. And even when the disciples failed, he did not return back. He stayed there. He stayed there for the master. He believed. But from based on what happened in the natural, Lord, help my unbelief. Your disciples, I heard so much about them. I heard that they are healing sickness. I heard that they are casting out devils. But I brought my son. Nothing happened. This is what happened. Help my unbelief. I believe. But help my unbelief. You can be believing. If I ask you, do you believe Jesus can heal the sick? Yes! But when you are going through pain, are you still in faith that Jesus healed you? Uh, I don't know. This pain has been there. The doctor said, only one in a million can have the sickness. I am that one in a million special case. Unbelief. Based on your circumstances. Looking in the natural. It says, let's continue. Verse 25, He rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, You deaf and dumb spirit, I charge you, come out of him and enter him no more. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead, insomuch that many said he is dead. Look at that. Jesus commanded the spirit to come out. But did the spirit go out peacefully? There was a big natak there. Big drama. What did he say? Spirit cried. Rent him sore. I mean it was a major display. Of demonic activity. After Jesus spoke. Said in so much that many said he is dead. Finally. This guy. He came. He said look he's dead. Look he's dead. But what did Jesus do? Did he move back? Was he moved? <gasps> I said, nothing happened. I think he's dead. Slowly I'll disappear in the crowd. No. No. The next verse says, he went, took him by the hand, lifted him and he arose. He was not moved when they brought the boy to him and the spirit, all kinds of demonstration happened. He was not moved. After he commanded the spirit to come out, the spirit did all kinds of stuff. He was not moved when the boy was lying down and looked as if he was dead. He continued to act on what he believed. He knew his word was final. He knew that it's not going to return void. 
He just lifted that boy up. As if nothing happened. Everything is normal. Now the, the disciples got something. Now they asked him. 28. Why could we not cast him out? Why could we not cast him out? What was the reason? Jesus already said. Because of your unbelief. They were in unbelief. When they saw things in the natural, when they saw all the demonstrations of the Spirit, they were doubting. They had unbelief. And then he continued to say, this kind, verse 29, this kind can come forth by nothing but prayer and fasting. What was he talking about? Unbelief. He was not talking about the Spirit. What was the root cause? Unbelief. This kind of unbelief will not go without prayer and fasting. The kind of unbelief he saw in his hometown was dealt with by teaching. But this kind of unbelief, he said, Ah, you need to fast and you need to pray. He said, What kind of prayer? Number one, the prayer of faith. You get the word. Hear the word. Meditate on the word. And you speak the word. In James chapter 5, it says, The prayer of faith will heal the sick. So what kind of prayer do you pray? The prayer of faith. And then you pray in... Our time is up, so I'll quickly finish it. You pray in the spirit. Jude chapter 1 verse 20 says, There's only one chapter. Verse 20 says, And you, beloved... Building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit, in the Holy Ghost. You have the faith of God. You have the faith of God inside you. The same faith that Jesus operated in, you already have it. But then, these things, the natural things, the circumstances around you, they are trying to anchor you down in unbelief. So what do you do? You pray in the Holy Ghost. You hear the word. You get the word. You declare the word of faith. You pray the prayer of faith. And you pray in the Holy Ghost. What are you doing? You're building up. Building up. One meaning of that word is you build a superstructure. Praying in the Holy Ghost. You're working. You have that faith inside you. But now that power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead... It's working in the background. Hallelujah. Pray in the Holy Ghost. And then fasting. What do you fast? What do you fast? You fast those things that your unbelief was feasting on. What do you fast? Whatever your unbelief was feasting on, you need to fast those things. Brother, how do I know? Well, start. What do you do the most? Where do you spend most time in? Is it Netflix or Amazon Prime? (laughs) What do you spend most of the time in? Is it Facebook or Instagram? It's a good question. Whatever Whatever it is that your unbelief is feasting on, you need to fast that. Identify it. One thing at a time. 
You know yourself better than anybody else. Yes or no? Look at yourself. Judge yourself. You don't need somebody else to come and judge you. Look at yourself. What do I do? What am I doing? What am I meditating more upon? Is it the doctor's report? Is it the financial report? Or is it the word of God? Whose report do you believe? To whom is the hand of the Lord displayed? Hallelujah. Check yourself. Brother, can you read the scripture? Jude 1.20. I'm sorry I left you there. Adre Priya Snehitare, Niu Nimma Pari Ati Parishuddha Nambikea Mulaka Drudawagiri Pavitratma Bharitaragi Pratisiri. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, Abraham was commended for his faith. Bible says he looked not upon his own body. Now withered, old. He did not look upon himself. But he considered the word of God. He considered the promise. And he acted on that. He's like, oh, in the natural this may look like nothing is happening. This may look like nothing is happening. But God said, God said, my wife may be old, but hey, God said, God said, I saw those stars. I saw those stars. I saw the sand. Oh, that's how much I'm going to have children. He said it. So I'm just going to act. I'm just going to act. Imagine, 100 year old guy with a 90 year old woman. How they would have looked. He had to act in faith. He was so moved by the word that he received, he considered not. That means the word considered means look closely. Look closely. Ah, okay, everything about, oh, my joints are aching. Ah. No, he did not consider any aspect of his body now, which is 100 years old. But he, moved, he was moved by the word of God. A person under the old covenant. A person who did not have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside him. How much more can we act? Recreated in the image of God. We cannot be moved by what we see. You need to anchor yourself with the word. Like you heard last week. Look in that mirror. Look in that mirror. See yourself there. This is what God said I am. And this is how it's going to be. This is how it's going to be. I'll share a small story. In 2011, uh, I, I had to be in Kerala for a while. I had to be there. My parents had went out, so I was in charge of the house. And my mom had a few chickens that I had to take care of. And just before she left, she specifically told me, you will not kill any one of my chickens. If you want to eat chicken, you go out and buy chicken. Because she knows that I'm an expert in killing and I can, I'll cook. Every time I go, I would kill. We would get one chicken. But now I got command from the <laughs> commander in charge saying, you will not kill a chicken. And I had to leave them out every day and then bring them back in, in the evening. It was a chore. I was there with my daughter, Ronnie. She was four years old, I think, 2011, yeah. So every day I have to gather them in. That was the toughest part. Letting them out is easy. But putting them in is a big chore. So they were run helter-skelter. I have to go pick them up. So I found out that if I get a long pipe, 
I could just wave it like this and all of them will just come this way. And then this way, I wave it like this, they'll all come in. So I started doing it. Unfortunately, one of her prize chicken which lays eggs, I hit it hard on the head and there it was. It was gone. No response. Normally when a chicken faints, you pour cold water on it and it will come up. That's what we usually do. But this dead, this chicken was off. It was dead. I'm like, thoughts are coming. At least now you can kill it and eat. (laughs) I'm like, no. But mommy said, don't kill. Don't kill. And then this thought came up. All right. Let's try something. Poured water on it. Made it stand up. It's gone. It's gone. It is as dead as dead can be. I just decided. Something rose up inside me. I'm going to raise this from the dead. I took the chicken by its wings. I said in Jesus name. Threw it up. And it came and hit on the floor. If it had not died before, it would have have died by now. I said no. I took it up again. In Jesus name. Again. On the floor. At least about 13 times. And my daughter Ronnie was there. She said, Daddy, come on, Daddy. Do it, Daddy. Do it, Daddy. So she's encouraging me. There she is. She knows the story. So I kept throwing. Finally, after about 13, 14 times, that chicken just stood up. It just stood up. But it wouldn't move. It was staying there like this. I said, you better move. If you don't move, I'll throw you up again. So, it just stood there. So I took it up again. I said, in Jesus' name, fly. (laughs) Again, and it stood up and said like that. I said, no, 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 you're going to move. If you can stand up, you're going to move. Another 13, 14 times, I lifted it up, threw it down. Finally, it just ran off. I'm like, yay! (laughs) The next day, morning, I woke up early. Because you know, thoughts come. Is that guy still dead? (laughs) Is he still there alive? Or is he dead? Or was it just something that I just assumed? So I woke up. I opened the coop. Man, that fellow was the first one to run out. (laughs) I'm like, yay! I've not raised a person from the dead, but I can boast I've raised a chicken from the dead. (laughs) Because you know, if that chicken had not died before, you throw it up and down. I mean, this was like, whoop! It would have died. But somehow I heard a testimony of Smith Wigglesworth that Pastor shared a while back. I had heard it. said he was not moved. When the lady with the cancer was brought, they pulled, they, they, he said, let her go. She fell down. People started shouting, oh, what is this? What is this? He said, pick her up. He said, let her go. She fell down again. They said, you evil man, you are killing her. He shouted at that person saying, you mind your own business, I know my business. And he said, let her go. They let her and she walked. So the trick was he did not give up. He did not give up. He just continued in what he knew he was supposed to do. I just followed that example. Nothing else. So if you have a dead chicken and if if you really want it, try it. Hallelujah. But I believe you got something. You got something. Unbelief. 
Don't be moved by natural circumstances. What happens around you does not matter. Because everything around you is held by the word of his power. He upholds all things by the word of his power. So if you get hold of that word, everything around you will be upheld by that word. Your circumstances, your situations will be upheld by that word. Instead of the word of the world. You don't have to yield to the word of the world system. You can actually take in the word that is upholding everything. And you can release it into your situation. Hallelujah. I believe you got it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor. Hallelujah. Oh, did you have a good time? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Glory to God. Like I said, if you like to buy him a house or give him a car, please go ahead and give him. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm not joking. (laughs) So, thank you, Jesus. You can see that you are in good hands. Amen? You're always getting something good, aren't you? Praise God. God is faithful. Hallelujah. One time or the other, if you want to raise somebody from the dead, you have to be careful because sometimes they don't allow you to keep the body in the house. Many times we have faced that problem. They want to immediately bury the body or they get angry that you are keeping the body in the house. Uh, Sometimes you need some time, some hours to shout and scream and bang the body and, you know. So if there are relatives there, sometimes they say, please, no, no, just bury. Don't come and mess with our thing. Don't pray like this, blah, blah. All that happens. Amen? So, You need some special kind of environment to throw the chicken again and again. But here I'm saying throwing the dead body. Amen? You need people who will stand with you and believe with you and say, no, we are not going to bury, we believe God. Amen? So it will take time, but you have to keep doing it. So sometimes it's possible to have that environment. Amen? So sometimes in villages, you can do that. You can just continue until that person is raised up. Amen? We've heard uh, amazing testimonies like that, and uh, it has captivated my heart many times. Someone who has raised many people from the dead right now on the planet. He's alive and awesome ministry, but they run into problems like that. But they operate in the villages, you know, deep inside the villages where there's no hope. They sit on that body that is already cut and with lime inside and all that, and they pray and fast and bang it until for days until the body comes back. Praise God. Why? Because God cannot lie. Because His word is final. Amen? You just have to set yourself up like that. Amen? But if you don't want any such problem, just go and bury them. Hallelujah. Amen? Same thing with your body, with your family, your pets, whatever. You have to decide. Amen? Well, I'm so glad that uh, Brother Joji just kept on <laughs> throwing it away in Jesus' name. Amen? You need to be able to do that. God help us all, right? Amen? Your pain in the knees and, you know, in the joints and your heart and all those blood levels and, you know, insulin and all of these things that are talking to you every day. You just have to keep punching and going. Put your body under. Bring it to subjection. Amen? 
Don't listen to your body. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't listen to the doctor. Well, I don't know. That's your choice. Amen. Sometimes even believing doctors don't believe. Hallelujah. It's radical. It's different. These things are not easy. So you have to choose. We are not forcing anybody to do anything. You choose. You can decide yourself how you like it. Amen. But there is a possibility of doing this in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. As for me, I have decided I'll push this body as much as I can. I will keep pushing. I'm 55. The body talks to me also. Tells me all kinds of things. I don't care. I'm just going. Hallelujah. Amen. So believe God. Let's focus on these thoughts as we take communion today. Take, take time. Think about what is the unbelief in your life. What is the most powerful thing that challenges your faith when it comes to finances, when it comes to health, when it comes to you know, court cases, property matters, relatives, children, whatever it may be today. Whatever that requirement is, look in your life and see what is the unbelief here. What is the thing that is pushing against my faith in the opposite direction? Amen. Take communion over it today and say, Lord, I'm going to let this thing go. Thank you, brother. I'm going to let this thing go. I'm going to release it into God's care. I'm fasting this thing out of my life. Thank you. So, you know, whatever it is, I don't know if you read too many medical journals. If you are a medical person, sometimes when you read too many medical researches, you know, you are going to fill your head with all these problems. My sister who had cancer, she said just before the cancer came on her, she was reading a lot about cancer. See, the enemy is looking for entry. So after studying so much about cancer, cancer came. Amen? So if you're in the medical field, it's easy to, to have trouble in your mind about these things. So you need grace, you need mercy. If you are a believer who is a medical practitioner, take communion every day. Study the word more than your medical journals. And let's trust God. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that you are bigger, the greater one. The resurrection and the life is on the inside of us. You are our finances. You said, fear not. I am your shield. I am your exceeding great reward. I am your ever-increasing salary. You are the God who said that. I am your defense. I am your fortress. I am your shield. I will keep you. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Today, Lord, we thank you that as we take this meal, you have paid the price so the same life, the same power, the same resurrection is on the inside of us today. That our words have power because it's based on your word. Today as we take this meal, we declare in Jesus' name that unbelief will not control us anymore. Hallelujah. Fear will not control us anymore. Things on the outside will not control us anymore. Emotions will not control us anymore. People's pressure will not control us anymore. We're going to trust your word. What your word said is final authority. We bless you, Father. We praise you right now. Thank you for working in those kidneys in the name of Jesus. Whatever is keeping your people right now, staying awake at night, suffering in pain, whatever is keeping their minds 
away from the word, just always in the worry and fear. Today, in Jesus' name, we declare it cannot dominate anymore. It cannot rule anymore. They will have peace. They will rest. They will sleep. Knowing and trusting your word is final authority. Today we take this meal and we receive your peace. We receive your rest because we believe in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Shall we eat and drink in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. God is good. Hallelujah. How many of you were blessed? We had a good time. Amen. One way of um, appreciating the word is to sow into that word which you have heard and you will receive harvest in Jesus' name. The same Bible, notice that so many years have passed, we have only one Bible. That same word will work today. Amen. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we are taking this moment to believe you to give in the mighty name of Jesus. Today we share in our giving. We share in our tithing. Thank you, Father. We are tithers. We give us. We expect in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. If it had not been for Jesus, tell me, where would I be? I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. Oh, I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. If it had not been for Jesus, tell me, where would I be? I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. Hallelujah. I sense the Lord is moving on somebody's hip. Um, Yes, your hip bone. The mercy of God is touching that right now. If it is you, let the mercy flow. Just receive it in Jesus' mighty name. All, all over your hip bones, leading towards your legs, this area. The mercy of God is working. Thank you, Father. We receive it. We believe it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. You are so blessed. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful week ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God.